On this week's podcast, we are going to speak with April Roga. And in honor of Autism Awareness Month, April, up until the age of 42, convinced herself that she was less than, first because of a toxic relationship with her mom, and then because she believed she was an inadequate mom to her nonverbal autistic child. That was until she discovered she was April 2.0 after just 42 days of investing, not spending time with her friend and mentor and now husband, Roy, he poured into her and helped her discover her brilliance that was in her blind spot. She wasn't just going through Roy's transformative one-liners, they were going through her. Having mostly overcome the difficult issues in her life, she now, as April 2.0, the new and transformed version of herself, but because of her trials and breakthroughs, she is now in love with drawing out the dormant inner loneliness within women and moms everywhere by transforming and sharing the size of live streaming and Facebook and all the things that she's doing now to step out of her shell. She helps women go from feeling inferior to owning their confidence. Once they are empowered, April connects them with their divine connections through netfriending people search engine. But before we talk to April and about autism acceptance or awareness month, and growing her tribe on Clubhouse and the things that she's doing. I have a couple things I need to share with you first. One, we're going to talk about our marketing essentials moment, uh, just giving you all the things that you need to do when you go on a marketing expedition. You need the essentials, the things you have to take with you on that adventure, right? And so the, t- the, the one essential that I really encourage businesses to, to have and do is participate in cause marketing. Being a part of something that can give back to the community. It allows your brand to be in alignment with that and understand that people will purchase from you because you show support in a brand or a cause that is important to them. And according to Hub Institute, 85% of American consumers have a more positive image of a product or to a company when it supports the cause. Plus 80% are more likely to switch brands that are similar price and quality to one that supports the cause that they're interested in. So some examples of cause marketing, getting involved in a fundraiser or a gala function, raising money for a cause, right? Or on a walk, going on a a walk to raise money or a -a bowl-a-thon or whatever type of event you can surround yourself with. Even during the pandemic, there are lots of fundraisers and virtual events that you can get behind and a part of. And what it does is when you sponsor those events or sponsor the walk or the cure, walk for the cure or a run or a fun run or whatever the, the case might be, then your brand is in alignment with that. And then it sees and people can see then that you are supporting that cause. And so then it now like-minded people will be able to support your brand because you support something that is of interest to them. You can do things like a birthday fundraiser on Facebook. I'm supporting the Alzheimer's Foundation in honor of my grandpa who is suffering from the disease. I would love for them to find a cure, so I'm doing something about it and promoting my personal brand to share and and get alignment with that. Heart Association is always doing the heart ball or some sort of interesting, fun thing that can then educate, but also advocate for um, having a healthy heart, right? Um, We also participate with the Jaden DeLuca Foundation which is about congenital heart disease in young children and bringing awareness and education and research and all the things that you can do to help 
prevent that from happening. And so those are some foundations and, and causes that we can get behind. The Buy Idaho Foundation, I'm the board president of the Buy Idaho organization to support local businesses to buy locally, right? And I'm sure there's organizations across the country and across the world that help support buying local and what that importance is to you. So just getting a, a, a part of and being a part of cause marketing and building brands and bottom lines throughout uh, your community or your organization, even world organizations that you can do to get in alignment with can really help. And I say building brands and bottom lines for nonprofits is just as important because you still need to watch your bottom line. You, even if you're not, a, a, if you're a nonprofit, you still need to earn and make money to sustain your organization and do the good work that you can do. And so that's what I say, helping to support the nonprofits build their brands and bottom lines helps you support your brand and your bottom line. All right, one more thing, and then we'll get into our interview. Speaking of doing good and well, join me at Aspiration, a financial firm with a conscience. You can use my link in peppershock.com slash offers, and then we'll both get $50 cash and then $25 do good dollars to donate. And you can choose the charity that you'd like to donate to, and you can invest in and all kinds of good things. So together we can both do well and good by signing up. So go to peppershock.com slash offers. And without further ado, let's get into this interview with April. And hopefully you will hear something that will resonate with you. Uh, reach out to her and be a part of her community if you want to support her. This will be good for businesses and people that need to understand what it's like to be an autistic mother and what you need to go through and how you can support people who are special needs and how you can support them in the community, in your restaurants, in your businesses, all the things that are ways that we can think about that we didn't maybe otherwise know or think about prior to this. So enjoy. And uh, of course, always, you know, give us a review, share and share a like to those that you know that need to hear what we have to say. And let's get into it. Welcome to Pepper Shock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen, and also the President and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today we have a special guest uh, and a special topic that we're going to discuss. We have April Roga. And April, uh, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes. And April, I just want uh, our listeners to know a little bit about you and your story and how we met. And we'll talk about that as well. But uh, just give everyone a little bit of a, a kind of a walk in your world for a moment. Who are you and, and what do you do? I am a married person <laughs> who's also a mom. And I work in eight to five J-O-B in the corporate world. And uh, my son was born in 20, I don't even remember now, 2010. And he will be 11 in May. And he was diagnosed with autism, I think in 2012. He wasn't quite three years old yet. And he, at almost 11 years old, still doesn't speak. And he's actually in the midst of potty training right now. So seems weird to say potty training for an 11 year old, but it is what it is. And uh, because of his autism diagnosis, it changed the trajectory of my life ever since. 
and uh, I live here with my husband and my son in East Tennessee in Knoxville. And uh, I met you, Ray, um, on an amazing app called Clubhouse. That's right. Yes, it is. (laughs) Well, okay. So we wanted to do this podcast during this month and, and why particularly this month, April? Uh, well, April 2nd specifically is World Autism Awareness Day, but the whole month is uh, designated to bringing awareness to autism, although I like to call it Autism Acceptance Month because I think a lot of people are already aware that autism is a thing. They just don't know much about it necessarily. Right. And you are, I think you're really, it's true. I like autism acceptance month. I think that's a a great way to say it and put it, put it out there for the world. And I think more and more people are starting to understand what autism is and how people are living with this and, and really going through this. So can you share a little bit about some of the things that you've learned in your journey in having a son with autism? Oh, he's taught me so much just all on his own, but, um, I didn't know anything about autism when my son was diagnosed. And I think that I got um, handled with kid gloves from some people that were in our life back then in the uh, medical industry that were easing us into the diagnosis because they all kind of saw it coming. And so initially they said, well, it may just be sensory processing disorder, which sounds a little less intimidating than autism. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of prepared for it. And so was his dad, Mm -hmm. but it still didn't, it didn't stop us from being in total shock when we heard the words. And I think we mourned it, me more so than my son's dad. Um, I mourned for 24 hours. I got the diagnosis um, and I absorbed it. I spoke with a a friend of mine from high school who's in the world of behavioral therapy. And she said, April, your son is the same person today as he was yesterday, as he will be tomorrow. He just has a diagnosis now that's going to help him get needed services within the education system. And I was like, oh, well, now that I have that perspective, um, I, I can navigate life a little bit easier because I needed to hear that. Uh, Cause it's true. My son wasn't going to change. He was still the same kid. So um, what I, I learned is that my life would definitely have some more patience in it because those early years were very challenging. We would go to restaurants and my son would make really weird noises and very loud and he would flap his arms. And, you know, when they're younger, it's, it's semi cute cause they're young. But then as he got a little older, it wasn't quite as cute anymore. And um, and there was a point where I wanted to keep him at home more often than taking him out. And I realized at some point that wasn't all that fair for him to not live out in the world with everybody else. And so I just learned to tune it out, tune out the staring and what I thought maybe other people were thinking about us. And I, I just went about my life. 
I love that you can tune out what you don't need in your life. And that is people <laughs> staring and, and doing that, you know, because people just don't understand. And I think yeah. that doing things like this and having that awareness factor is continually building people's just mindset and knowledge of what it is to have somebody that's in that state, right, that you're going through. And so I, I appreciate you sharing your story and allowing people to just take a walk in your path for a moment and see what it is to be, you know, the mom of an autistic child. So thank you for, for that, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell me moving forward where your um, path has taken you, because now you've, you've opened the doors to doing other things and you're helping other people. Um, let's share a little bit about what you're doing now. Well, let's go back just a, a titch. And I had started a Facebook page right after my son's diagnosis. And, and I connected with a lot of other moms in, in that realm and formed some friendships that many weren't long lasting. But um, I also started a Facebook group locally because there was a need for that where I live. There wasn't anybody really connecting. And Facebook back then was still kind of young. So, um, I did all of that and it kind of went nowhere. And then I met my current husband back in, uh, 2016 on a platform called blab where you could talk to each other on screen and in the text. And he had a vision for a people search engine and a 24 hour, seven day a week chat like a, a live stream type chat, but Facebook live hadn't even come into existence at that point. It, it was just kind of getting started with the, the whole concept of being on camera and talking to other people around the world that way. And at that time I was going to start a nonprofit and he's like, Oh, you, you can't think that small. You got to think bigger. More people need to hear from you. And he, he said, let's, let's do this net friending movement together. And I had no idea what the heck he was talking about, but I dream big too. And I wanted to be able to reach more people, especially with autism. And, and his, his niche was um, more the business realm. And he, he had a target audience of midlife entrepreneurial women. And we're like, how do we make this work? Like I'm doing autism moms and you're focused on midlife entrepreneurial women. It's, uh, how do we make that work when we're, doing this thing together, this dream we have to build a search engine, uh, I can just lead my particular tribe and he could lead his because the search engine is going to have lots of different people in it. And uh, it's been a five-year journey where we're a little closer to our dream, but uh, not quite there yet. But that's where Clubhouse comes into play, this amazing audio-only app and there's so many people on this app that are way more open to conversation and collaboration than what we were experiencing during Facebook live days. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, they have clubs on this app and uh, I signed up for a, an autism and beyond club back in mid January. And we're now in mid March and within two months, I have about 1263 people that have followed or become members of that club. It's amazing. You are reaching people in different ways. And, and I think it's great. And so your, your net friend, your net friending platform is underway and yeah. is something that you're going to launch soon. Is that right? 
I hope, I mean, I, we, we say that clubhouse is our promised land. We're just, um, we're kind of gathering up people while, while we explain to them what our vision is. And, and I think we're closer to getting people to, to join us and help us to, to put this together so that we can reach more people through this amazing app. Fantastic. And so you were explaining a little bit about, um, you know, your tribe of women that you're wanting to work with and, and specifically, you know, the, the other women that may have gone through something similar of your path, or maybe not exactly the same because everyone's unique and different. Tell me a little bit about that and how you've been able to, to work with other women. There's a lot of resources out there for autism families that you can find them on every virtual street corner, <laughs> Facebook groups, Facebook pages, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of social apps have a space for autism moms. But what I want is to help those families with the mindset side of being an autism parent and specifically moms, because I am a mom mm-hmm. and, but not to say that we haven't had dads along the way, cause there's, there's a need for those kinds of groups too. And I've connected with dads on the app. And so basically I'm, I'm wanting to help these mamas realize that they don't have to fix their child. I think a lot of them think they have to get their child to fit into society rather than just learning who their child is and getting in their world with them and then just working on them with the strengths that they already have, you know, because you're not going to like any kid, really, you're not going to get them to, to be who you want them to be in the world if they don't want to. What's the one thing that you wish you would have known before you had to go down this journey, this path that you're on that you might share with others? What a great question. (laughs) You know, I, I don't know that, that I could have known anything back then that would have, would have really changed anything um, other than to say that there comes a point in your journey where it's not so heavy. I think if, if that was the one thing, I don't know if I would have believed it back then (laughs) going through what I was going through, but it would have been nice to hear that more than to hear all of the negative stuff. Oh, that's great. So it does, it does not uh, always have to be so heavy throughout the, the journey. Then you can let it um, be lifted a little bit from, from all the things that you have to think about and wonder about and, and consider, right? Yeah. Cause I think people believe that they have to eat the elephant all at one time, but it truly is bite by bite. Right. Right. So you mentioned that there are some resources out there. What are some, maybe some resources that you've consistently tapped into that have helped you along your way that others might, you know, not know of, or haven't heard of yet that could help them. Um, I probably haven't utilized anything really much that's out there because there are so many resources and there, unless you know somebody who has that resource available and handy, it's not something that you would find in a Google search unless you knew what to Google that's why it's so important to build community and connect with other people who are further down the path on their journey, because they can go, Oh yeah, I know about this grant or this waiver, or there's money that you can get every month. And and it's not based on your income. And I don't know what all those specifics are um, quite honestly, because I, I don't 
eat the whole elephant all at once. I do just take my life with my son day by day. And um, the biggest thing for me was getting his diagnosis before the age of three. So if anybody's listening right now who has a child under three years old and you're like, oh, I wonder if some of these could be some flags for autism, Mm -hmm. you can go to your pediatrician. They will tell you how to get early intervention uh, services if you qualify. Every state has an early intervention program for children under three where they they come and they assess you. Um, your child rather. And if your child qualifies based on whatever they're seeing as a a red flag, they will then sign your child up for speech, occupational and physical therapy, any one or all three of those. And it's at no cost to you. And it's not based on your income. There's. That's great. Yeah. That's good to know because I think mm-hmm. sometimes people don't know that you have those as a as an alternative or an, an option for you to be able to to explore. Good. Yeah. What do you think a common myth about autism might be that you could have a chance to debunk or change or share? Oh, well, this has been coming up a lot lately. Is that Um, There's a lot of well-intentioned people who like to give advice because they read a lot of autism articles or something crosses their path and they want to help. Um, And so they think that when they read an article that surely it must apply to your child who has autism. And that is so not true. It might, but more times than not, just like with every kid in the world, every kid is different. Every child with autism is different. And not all children with autism don't make eye contact. My, my son makes great eye contact with me. And there's plenty of other kids that I've heard that, that are very affectionate and make eye contact and are very present. Um, they, there's also a, a thought that all kids with autism line up trains or toys. Not true. My kid doesn't even like toys. <laughs> he, will, he will choose the iPad over a toy any day of the week. So it's not the same for everyone. And I think you're right that, you know, just because some, somebody says one thing doesn't necessarily mean it's true for others then. Right. So if you had to give advice to somebody that maybe were, you know, kind of thinking maybe there's something going on here, what happens when they test or when they, you know, assess what, what kind of walk me through the process? What do they do? How do they, kind of come to the determination? Um, they, they, they have their little checklists of things. Like when you take your child, and this is assuming that the child is, is under age three, because I don't know what that process is like later on. I'm sure it's very different. Um, but, and I have to stress seriously, if your child is under three and you suspect any kind of delay at all, it doesn't even have to be autism. It, mm-hmm. I mean, cause you could have a child that may, may have signs of dyslexia or some other thing that's causing them to be delayed in walking, talking something odd with their eating. Don't brush it off because you can absolutely get the child evaluated and, and get them on the right path early on. Don't delay. Um, yeah. They, they really do a, a comprehensive analysis of your child based upon those milestones. Like when you take your child to the pediatrician mm-hmm. as an infant and a toddler, 
you always go for the wellness checkups and they have like a list of, is your child, can your child identify, identify shapes? Is your child, child going to the bathroom by themselves? Are they, I don't even remember because it was so long ago, but it's those early year type mm-hmm. questions. And so um, for us, it was that he wasn't rolling over by himself. He wasn't crawling. He wasn't pulling himself up in the playpen. He wasn't saying more than one word at six months old. And then after that, he lost the word altogether, never to have any word again after that. Um, Yeah. And walking on his toes, that's another big red flag. If your child is a toe walker, that's sensory related and could be a sign of autism, not necessarily, but could be. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I'd never even thought about that as being a sign. I didn't even, (laughs) didn't even cross my mind, but then again, you know, it's good to have awareness and understanding so that you yeah. can help in those regards. That's good. Yeah. So autism awareness, or like you said, acceptance month, let's talk a little bit more about that. What are some things that happen and what can other people do to support autism acceptance month? Well, I would love to see more businesses, restaurants, movie theaters, bowling alleys, places where kids frequent, um, the mall, anywhere that a child could be. I would love to see more accommodations. Um, For instance, when my son was getting out of that toddler stage, he was getting older, he was getting taller, he was getting heavier, and he was still wearing diapers Um, going to a restaurant and changing him in the bathroom where he wasn't yet in pull-ups and he was in diapers. Like, how do you use those changing stations? He was terrified of those because he knew he was so heavy by that point that he, he couldn't really quite fit on those, but I was making him work because what are you going to do? Lay him down on the hard, cold, dirty floor. Um, So I would love to see more physical accommodations and businesses for people who have not just kids with autism, but anybody who has a child or even maybe an adult with a disability mm-hmm. that um, I just, I would like to see businesses engage more. What that would look like, I'm not sure, but maybe because we have all these social apps now that if people have businesses, if they could peek in on some of the conversations that are already taking place within the special needs community and, and find out how they could make that experience better. That would be amazing. Yeah. BC before COVID, there was a local, uh, locally owned theater in our area that they would, I think it was like every Tuesday afternoon, they would accommodate and make special accommodations for, you know, anybody with sensory, anything like that, right? They would, you know, make it to where there was space between people. They would take breaks during the show so that people could take a moment to, you know, do what they needed to do. And they would do different things to, to be aware, to make people aware that that was happening. And that would be the time that they could go and and experience the the theater, right? Because sometimes that is over sensory overload. And so it was nice to see that happen, but you're right. I think it could be interesting to see how businesses could support and um, make accommodations and, you know, educating us too on how we could have businesses do some things like that that could help with sensory or 
um, you know, any of those things that you mentioned, right? And, and what, what are some things that they could think about in that, like you said, the changing room is one, but is there other things that you um, would, yeah. that businesses could do? Yeah, like, like you mentioned with the movie theater, they had done here in Knoxville because we asked, we, we got together as autism mamas and reached out to the businesses and asked the movie theater here if they could set aside a Saturday morning to do a sensory friendly movie just for that population. And they did. And it was a hit. It was very successful because then these families didn't have to feel like, you know, they needed to keep their child quiet or in the seat. And um, it, it became a thing. And then Chuck E. Cheese started doing it where they carve out a special time. And even um, I think it was Ripley's Aquarium started doing that here near Dollywood. So it's, it's really a matter of asking because the businesses don't necessarily know what, what to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they know how to reach out to ask. So unless you ask, if you don't ask, you never get it. Right. 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 Well, I, I have to tell you the Chuck E. Cheese, those animatronics scared me. In, in, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. You know, if, if the sensors are not, they, they, they can be a little creepy anyway. So I'm glad they could do something to accommodate. Honestly, um, I think, I think my son with all of his sensory issues, I think he enjoys Chuck E. Cheese more than I do. I go and I just want to run. It's too loud. <laughs> loud with all the noises and yeah. everything I can see. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I'm really glad that they had made that uh, as a choice or as an option and said, you know, here's, here's something for sensory people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Target came up with a line of special clothing. That's because kids on the spectrum have those sensory issues. They, they typically, and this is another thing I learned in my journey is never assume, you know, what's going on when you see a child out like in 20 degree weather, not wanting to wear a jacket and that you think that maybe that child has a bad parent it could just be that child has autism and they can't tolerate that heavy clothing on them or something itches or they just, some kids would prefer to be naked all day, honestly. And that's a challenge. So Target has a, a special clothing line that uh, they partnered with to provide that soft, non-itchy, no tags in the shirts clothing. And so I, I, that's where I primarily get all of my clothes. I hadn't thought about that either. Wow. That's, that's great to think about that. I mean, yeah. those tags can be pretty annoying. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, and that's a, a way, I mean, from a marketing perspective, cause we are on a marketing journey after all, and that's what the podcast is about, but I really thought that this would be a good topic for us to explore, but from, you know, businesses who can accommodate and be a part of that and then share that to say, Hey, you know what, we want to be inclusive. We want to, you know, be able to support those that need it and, get that out there in the world. Cause I think then people will associate with those brands better because of that, right? Because they care because they want to be a part of a solution. So like you said, you know, you're going to, you're going to shop target cause they did that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the same thing with, with restaurants, um, early on, we, we formed relationships with the people at Olive Garden here locally, where we, we go and they, they came to know my son as an infant and they followed him growing up and they became aware of his autism 
and they would treat him like like royalty when he came in and and they would gush over him and he loved that and it made his experience going there so much better where he felt like he could be himself and if they treated everybody like that like with the knowledge that maybe the next person who comes in the door may have some type of invisible disability because really if now that my son's older and he doesn't do all of the physical motions as much anymore and he doesn't make as much noise when we're out in public he just doesn't talk and so they may just think he's a quiet child. And a lot of times the, the waiter or waitress will ask him what he wants to eat. And I sit there and I cringe because I don't want them to feel bad when I say he doesn't talk. He has autism. Um, it doesn't bother me to say that, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know any real way around that. But if, if people could just receive more training around those more invisible disabilities, and get some feedback from the special needs community, that would be great too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not going to know one way or another unless they're told. So I think you're right. Like being able to understand the situation and how they can react and uh, make, make him feel like he's, you know, the, like, the, like you said, gushing over him. I think that's, uh, that's an awesome experience, right? And it's all about the experience that you have when you are a brand that you want people to have and enjoy and make it memorable. I mean, now you're talking about it, right? And, and sharing it with the world to say, look at this cool experience that we had. And that's what you want to do. And, and so if there are brands out there listening that want, um, you know, some, some good advice, good nuggets, think about how, yeah, you can talk to your local communities um and what those special needs are and to the like you said the the autism mommies that are out there that need this kind of dialogue to continue to build and grow and and get out there for people yeah and really i think the onus is on us as special needs parents who know what those needs are to reach out to those businesses and say this is the type of experience i had and you know, this part was great and this part, not so great. And here's where I think you can improve, but I think they need to get both, you know, the positive and the not so positive feedback, uh, so that they can learn and grow as well. Because, um, even me, I went to the the news stations locally. I can't tell you how many times my kid has been on the news here because it's important for me to get the word out to the local businesses so that they, they can know where they're doing well and maybe where there needs to be improvement. But if nobody talks about it, then the businesses will never know. Right. Right. And that's, that's very true. Okay. Let's just change a little bit of a direction. Uh, Let's talk about you a little bit more and just share with us kind of your path. Like how did you get to where you are now with your business, with your career, the things that you're doing, let's just back up and, and just talk about you, April. How far back do you want me to go? (laughs) Let's see. I have actually been working for the same company in corporate for 26 years and I'm going to be 48. So it's like the only, the only place I've worked my entire adult life. And, um, it's a great job, great people. They're amazing. They've been very accommodating on, on this part of my journey, especially, but it's not my passion. And especially now that I have a child with autism who at times requires extra from me, especially during COVID and virtual learning. And uh, I would love to 
to be able to invest more time with him at home and not have to worry about like, Oh, I got to call my boss and say, I need this day off. Cause you know, my kid has these, this breathing issue and I, I can't send him to school and, you know, on and on and on. So ultimately I, I want to serve. I want to serve other people who are obviously within the, the autism community. And I want to do that alongside my husband by building a business. And we're looking for a foundation of people to build that business with us initially as a collaborative, just like we have a vision, but we want to know who the people are who are going to build it with us and customize it for their needs so that they can be a part of that process and help us grow it from the ground up. And as you can imagine, working an eight to five from home during COVID and virtual learning, that doesn't leave a whole lot of time for me specifically to, to put a whole lot into that. And that's why we need people to do it with us as far as building a website and putting videos together for our search engine and just, just being a part of the process, because ultimately we want to bridge the gap that exists between Google and Facebook, where Google is great at search, but not so good at social. And Facebook is great at social, but not so good at search. Uh, And now we have Clubhouse and they're audio only, but there's still this, this issue with discovery. The right people aren't discovering each other. And there's so many amazing people in this world with, they're so gifted and talented. And they're like, it's like having to sift and sift through like a a sandbox of toys looking for the toy. It's mm-hmm. where's that person that, that I need to know. And, and that's what we want to help people with. We want to be the, the champions that shout out the people that are in different niches, doing amazing things in the world of blank, you know, somebody who works at a restaurant, somebody who wrote a book, it, it could be anything. Those are wonderful aspirations to be able to continue to build upon the experience that you've had. And it's been impressive, by the way, to be at one place for 26 years anymore. People job pop so much that it's nice to be able to have that as a part of your, your path of what you've yeah. done and what you've accomplished and what you're going to continue to then build upon and accomplish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you so far accomplished that you're most proud of now? For me personally, just five years ago, if you, I wouldn't even be sitting here talking to you right now. I would have been like, I can't do that. I can't do a podcast thing. Mm -hmm. No, I I was too shy. I felt very inferior to everybody. And I didn't think I had anything much to offer the world. I thought my life consists of being a mom and a wife and working this eight to five that after 26 years, I, I know pretty much like the back of my hand, um, but I knew I had a whole lot more in me, but I needed other people to draw it out of me. So the social media has, has been great, especially live streaming that, that was just, that's where I broke out of my shell, but I couldn't have done it without my husband who I am married to now because he poured into me. He brought out the brilliance that was in my blind spots. And now I'm able to share with other people where I was stuck and help them get unstuck. I love that. 
I'm so glad that you are, that you have so much to share for our listeners and for the world to hear. So thank you, April. I'm really glad that you are out of that shell and giving us the, the value that you have given us today and the knowledge and, and just explaining your experiences so that we as business owners or marketers or, you know, whatever, whatever area we are focused on, we can have an understanding at least a little bit more into the world that you live and, and for your son too, and other people like him. So thank you very much. You're welcome. If people want to get a hold of you or they want to join your Facebook group or be a part of your community, how do they reach out to you? We have uh, a Facebook group that's actually for specifically for the people that are on Clubhouse. So if we have any Clubhouse fans out there, <laughs> um, it's netfriending.com slash Clubhouse and we can get connected in there. Otherwise, for right now, until our website gets uh, where we need it to be, uh, I am so easy to find on Facebook by just putting my name in because I'm pretty sure I'm the only April Roga in the whole wide world. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good. You know, it, it, it just dawned on me coincidentally, your name is April and April is awareness month or autism um, acceptance month. So <laughs> yes. And Good. even funnier is that, and I just realized this, April 2nd is Autism Awareness Day, World Autism Awareness Day. And I go by the name April 2.0 on social media, April 2, right? Uh, April 2nd. Yeah. Yes. I love it. April 2.0 on April 2nd. Yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> What a nice coincidence for you. <laughs> yes. April 2.0 is something that came to me about 40 something, 42 days into my personal growth journey where I started saying, you know, April 1.0 would have said or done this, but now the new and improved April 2.0 is going to say it or do it this way. I love that. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> April 2.0. I think that's great. <laughs> Yep, because it's the new version, right? It's not necessarily uh, downgrading or, or displaying the old version, but now it's just a new and improved version of yes. April 2.0. Well, I'm so glad that you are doing this and making uh, people aware of what your, what your life is. So thank you. Okay, one more last question. Um, let's see, what uh, would you do to continue to learn and stay on top of things uh, in this, in this industry, this, you know, world that you're in, um, what are you going to do to continue to, to grow and build and expand and learn? Definitely reaching out to people who are in the trenches, uh, and something I just wanted to, to share about autism awareness month. A lot of people have commercialized it and made it all about donations and the biggest donations go to autism speaks and, while that's good, even greater is to donate to people who are, have organizations locally who are really grassroots wanting to help their communities. And so I would say just reach out during, especially during April, but all throughout the year, just reach out to other people who have kids with autism, or like I said, reach out to businesses, or maybe even like, um, I've recently, made a connection with somebody who's developing an app. And I've asked if I can have my son be a beta tester because there's more of a need for these communication tools. So just, just meet people and, and ask how you can help them and how they can help you. I, I believe that's the way to go. Excellent. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much, April. We will definitely get this podcast out in the world. And for those of you listening, the best thing that you can do for us is to give us a review, share, like, comment, all the things that help uh, spread the word. Uh, and especially for April and um, the autism awareness or acceptance month that's going yeah. on in April. So um, any last thoughts or anything else I didn't ask you, April, that you want to share today? Oh no, I could go on for hours talking about all sorts of things, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just appreciate the opportunity that, that you're giving me today to help spread awareness even more so and to just encourage people to communicate with each other. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. And for our listeners, uh, until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.